0: Hello and welcome to the Climate Friendly Travel Podcast, where each episode we speak to the great and the good of the global travel and tourism industry to learn more about what they're doing to ensure that the principles of climate friendly travel are being advanced. I'm Jed Brown, your host for this week's episode. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Lucy Briley, who's the founder and director of the Sustainable Spa Association this global network of leading spas spa and wellness suppliers and sustainability leaders is dedicated to making positive change within the spa industry through education support and accreditation a member-based organization the sustainable spa association assists spa and well-being businesses around the world in working towards a structured and sustainable business model incorporating the three pillars of sustainability people planet And profit i caught up with lucy to learn more and to find out about the most significant challenges facing the organization today enjoy so lucy you are most welcome to the climate friendly travel podcast great to have you on the show
1: thank you jed lovely to be here
0: let's let's get straight into it Tell us a little bit more about the Sustainable Spa Association and how you came to be formed, because you were only officially formed in, in, in 2018, sort of around about that time, is that right?
1: Yeah, so I um, I personally have been in the spa and wellness industry for probably 25 years, uh, mainly on the operator side of things, so actually working within a spa and wellness destination which is more often than not set within a wider hospitality setting, whether it's hotels, gyms, or, or any other type of leisure establishment. Um, and, you know, I guess it comes from two, two different directions. One, my career in health and wellness, but a personal interest in, in environmental matters as well. So really, for me, it's an incredible opportunity to bring together two subjects which I am so passionate about, and and see the correlation between the two. Um, it was born from really a desire to uncover the reality that without planetary wellness, we can't really have health and wellness um, as individuals.
0: Absolutely. So
1: launched in um, um, 2020 after a number of years of research. Um, and, and yes, so last two years have been a whirlwind.
0: Yeah, a, str- a strange... A strange time to launch. Obviously, the world was in, in very strange circumstances yes. in 2020. <laughs> um, how, yeah. how has that been? How has that affected things? Do you think that that's had more organisations giving more time to think about the planet, the environment and sustainability?
1: I think it was it was certainly a topic that was on the rise anyway. Um, I think back in 2017, 2018, when I was really doing studies into it, to see whether this was a viable route to take. Um, people, were, people were aware of, of the issues, but not really, and particularly in, in lots of different industries, and it may still be the case. They don't feel it applies to them, or they feel helpless in terms of what they can do to help. So there's still a kind of, although everyone's aware, um, this kind of trepidation as to what direction to take, to make an improvement or to make a significant impact. Uh, people like to feel that they're actually making impact through their actions and the only way you can really do that is to know what actions to take and start to measure them. So I think uh, launching in the pandemic was obviously it was challenging, um, but it had some very unexpected results for us. We we now have over a thousand members in 45 countries. And, What I was expecting being based in the UK was that, you know, my strongest network here would jump on board and be right behind me because they were my lovely friends and colleagues. And they certainly are doing that now. But they were furloughed. So what what was happening was we were picking up pockets of the world that were out of furloughs and, and actually operating at the time. And paying interest who were able to engage. And so we, we actually started our kind of first outreach was more sort of Asia Pacific region. Um, and, um, then kind of crept into the African spas and then over to Europe. Um, so, um, yes, definitely people had more time to think. They had more time to reassess what people needed in terms of wellness. It wasn't always ending up in something you could do in a spa environment. It was more kind of getting outside and therefore looking at the health of the, the environment that they're, that they're spending time in. So it really did pique people's attention. Um, and there was a lot of talk about environmental factors during the pandemic as well. You know, how clean the rivers were, how, how much the birds were coming out and sweeping, how clean the skies were, and none of us were using our cars, etc. So it certainly piqued an interest, which is now filtered through, I think, into, into the industry, which for us, is, of course, has been very fortunate.
0: Yeah, it it's strange as you were saying there. You know, during the pandemic, you know, we saw the, you know, famously you could see the bottom of Venice's canals, and you know, you could yeah. see the Himalayas from from northern India, which you've never been able to mm. see for however many years. And you just kind of think, if 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 this is what it's like, you know, when everything's going wrong with the world, you know, really we've, we've kind of got things the wrong way around a little bit. I think it it causes all to to really think about things in a in a in a in a sort of a deeper way with regards to the environment. Um, but tell us a little bit more then specifically about um about your organisation's role. What do you do for members and how do you help members?
1: Well, even over the last couple of years, it's um the fundamental proposition hasn't changed, but we've we've added a lot more to it. So we initially launched with an accreditation that would measure and manage and guide bar operators to make conscious decisions um to every single area of their business whether it's water waste energy procurement cleaning food and beverage offering service offering um, and really sort of have a look into the environmental factors but also kind of social and economic factors of sustainability as well um so it was very much based on what a spa manager or spa director would, would, what decisions they would be making day-to-day in their business and how they could improve upon that. We found that actually, strangely, Lee, you know, initially people were really scared to join. They were saying, you know, but we're not sustainable, so we can't join. And we were saying, no, that's not the point. Maybe we're getting our messaging from here. Come in, that's what we're here for. You know, we're here to help and guide and educate. And also to, through the assessment that we have, identify what areas um, we really need to pay more attention to. Where does the focus need to go? Is it in water? Is it in waste? Is it in energy? Is it in, you know, um, social and community aspects? Um, And so we could really start to um, direct more education into the right areas to bring about significant improvements. Um, So we we managed to kind of shift that message, make it more welcoming for people to come in. But Around that, we needed a lot more education and also ways in which to kind of capture people's attention to come into the association. So, we started some campaigns. Um, we have a plastic booth bar because that's a big topic for everybody. Um, um, a Waste Not Challenge, which is looking at a circular economy model. Um, and then we work with the UN Secretariat um, for Climate Change. Or climate action, um, biodiversity, and water stewardship. Mm. And what we found those campaigns do is they're a continuous stream of education, um, but also they're kind of like little doors that people will knock on and come in because they're interested in that particular subject. But when we then have them through the door, we've got then they realise there's a whole myriad of things to learn because the subject is so broad and so deep um, and crosses many, many topics. So um, so yeah it's, the campaigns have been great. um, and then we yeah, we have lots of other activities and um resources within within the association, which we've built over time. But we're finding you know they're really helpful in actually just building the bigger picture for the business model of sustainability rather than the isolated actions.
0: I think it's really interesting how um you're sort of I think you're sort of saying that that you know sometimes people are thinking, you know we, we're not really there yet. we're not sustainable and they get scared off by that and joe you know, it's really interesting because i think that's i think that's one of the biggest challenges we've got as an industry probably as a world is everybody seems mm. to think you know no 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 i'm not i have these conversations with um with hoteliers and i sort of you know ask mm. them about the sustainability policy and they're like no, no 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 we're not there yet and we don't want to put anything on the website <laughs> just in case people they're almost scared that yeah. they'll be a... For not doing enough. Yeah, for uh, sure. When actually sure. they'll be celebrated for actually making a start, because that's the most important thing is to make a start. Um yeah. and, and therefore I think it's wonderful, you know, that that you're that you're so welcoming in that way because you're you're there as a guiding hand really for spa mm. and wellness facilities around the world to try and help them embark on this journey, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, um completely. And um, you know, it is overwhelming. Um well it can be overwhelming, you know, it's it's not like I said, about isolated actions all the time, although we wouldn't discourage that. We we certainly, you know, that that is, you know, if it's your plate, if it's a starting point, then great. And we can just guide you step by step from there because it's, it's kind of no longer a fringe idea um, for, you know, wealthy or benevolent leaders to, to, in, to implement. It's actually, you know, a really, really solid and consistent business model that can really underpin the success of a business. So uh, it does look at environmental factors, it does look at social factors, but it also looks at the economic benefits. Uh, and I think there's a misconception that um going down the path of sustainability is going to cost your business a fortune. I think I think what's going to cost businesses a fortune is if they don't begin somewhere fairly soon, because some things will be mandated and climate action will be one of them, probably one of the first. Um but we, we also realise that. There was so much need for this. We've, we've had to make some significant collaborations and partnerships. And one of them is with a group called Future Plus. So we were turning away um, a lot of our supply chain um, because they, we needed them to come in and support the association with third party credentials and verification of their sustainability for our spa operators to kind of make more better procurement choices. Um, and we, but we couldn't help them because that's not such a big subject when you're looking at all the manufacturing types and distribution routes. And we were mainly focusing on the on the spa operator. Um, the other people we were turning away were the bigger hospitality groups, the big hotel chains, or even a, a bigger hotel setting, um, because we were just focusing on one department. So we we've, we've partnered with a company called Future Plus. Um, and they are able to measure any business in any sector, but we're we're making a very direct um, relationship with them with hospitality um, and and our supply and our supply chain. So they measure across climate, um, diversity and inclusion, social economy, and environment. And they now tend to do the the kind of overarching factors and kpis that our accreditation then feeds up into with the more granular decisions so and they're great they've got an incredible consultancy team behind them they're so helpful and you know they really really help you reach ambitions to improve and we've learned a lot from them as well and they've been a great guiding light for many of our hospitality clients. now
0: wonderful um and also, of course, you've signed up to the Sunex Malta Climate Friendly Travel yes. Registry. Why was that important to you guys at the Sustainable Spa Association?
1: We're we're really behind anyone who's making um, the effort to educate and and reach out to a wider audience and particularly on really complex subjects like climate. Um it really is a complex subject, you know, and, and it's the one that people know they have to make the most effort in because really that's where a lot of the focus needs to go. Otherwise, some of the other actions are pointless anyway. Mm. Um, but, you know, it was really the fact that there was so much you guys are offering, so much support, so much education and a guided process really helped. Um, so it, it, for me, it was, it was a really good move to make to partner with them. Um, I've learned a lot and I'm sure uh, clients will as well.
0: Absolutely. What's um What's the most significant challenge that you face as an organization in all that you do?
1: I do get asked this question a lot. I have an answer that I give every single time. <laughs> um, I also get asked, "What are the three things we can do, and what's the biggest challenge?" Um, I think the biggest challenge is is attitude, shifting people's attitude away from. Um, it's not my problem, there's nothing I can do, I can't make any impact, that kind of, you know, I, I'm just going to close the door because I, I can't make any difference. Um, that's, that's the biggest challenge, is to really show everybody that this really is a collective effort and, you know, those old cheesy sayings where, you know, lots of people doing the same thing make more impact than one person doing a lot. Um, so, yeah, it's, We really, really need to encourage each other. Sustainability is not a competitive arena. It's, like she said right at the beginning, you know, it's so welcoming. It's one of those subjects that when you come in, everyone's like, yes, there's another person on board. Come on, let's go. Let's do this together. If you don't know something, we'll teach you. Come along. And so it's really an incredible group of people. It's really progressive. It's just, you know, we come out of a commercial mindset then and everybody is one, moving together to the same destination it's
0: it's a nice nice place to be i love that i love that it's um (laughs) it makes me think that you know in um in aviation all of the all of the major airlines the the ceos Mm. always say that they um they compete vociferously and they really do i mean you know Mm. we we always know that we've all heard of the the ba and virgin you know the dirty tricks campaign i mean they compete vociferously in aviation but the one thing that they always say they always come together on um, is safety. Do you feel that that's the same, certainly in the hospitality and wellness industry, do you feel that that's almost like the same thing? You know, we all compete. When, when we need to compete, we'll compete pretty hard. But when it comes to sustainability in the environment, that's one thing that we're all on the same page and we'll all support each other together. Do you think that's fair?
1: Yeah, I, I would. I think that's fair to say that. Um, and, you know, we we also bring in, um, kind of aspects of the united nations sustainable development goals and one of those is partnerships for the goals and some people say you know oh, that you know that one's you know not the most important but actually it is collaboration um is what's really making some big change there's been some incredible collaborations in the hospitality space and the travel space um that you would never expect but they're working because it's, it's lots of you know, incredible brains working on a solution together, so the competitiveness drops. So I think you're right in, in 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 saying that. You know, it's um, it's something that's a supportive arena rather than than competitive. But you know, they still keep their cards um close to their chest when it comes to what they're actually doing in service offering. But yeah, with this, they they move forward together.
0: Yeah. And then in in terms of you know, obviously you're a, you're you know you you mentioned at the outset you're you're a truly global organization and you've seen um, incredible mm. growth you know you, you're saying you're in how many countries now you've got members in 45? 45 it's incredible yeah, what are there 45. any areas of the world which are in in on as far as spa and wellness is concerned are mm. you would say ahead of the curve or behind the curve i know we don't want to call people out for being behind the curve and that's not a negative thing i mean that yeah. from an encouragement point of view but what what how, how do you sort of see it playing out globally
1: Depends really on what aspect you mean. Um, I do a lot of work with the uh, leaders of the, you know, various different global farm wellness associations. We're doing a piece of research we've been working on for a while, um, where we get together quarterly and we discuss the most pressing sustainability needs in those regions. And um, it's interesting because it's hard, it's hard for me to answer a question directly because. Um, it depends in which pillar of sustainability you, you're you talking about. So, whether it's people, planet, or or the profit side, the economy side. And we tend to, um, you know, in the Western world, if you say sustainability, it's, it's definitely environmental things that mine jumps to initially for people. um But Africa, Asia Pacific uh, regions say, you know, it, it's economy and social issues, education, human rights. And, um, you know, their working conditions, for example. So it's hard to say, some regions are ahead of the game in some aspects and behind in others. And, and I think what we're trying to bring about by doing this this set of research and reporting is to identify where these pockets of needs are, who's doing it well, and how they can um, give education support and guidance to those who aren't, whether it's environmentally, socially or economically.
0: Definitely. And um my next question is um you sort of say, i think you kind of alluded to it before that you you get asked this um a little bit But <laughs> you know what if we if we've got listeners out there that are from um hotels or spa or wellness facilities um and they want to understand what what the what the next steps should should be for them what pieces of advice would you give to anybody out there listening
1: um, I, th- I think the first um, the first thing to do really is to drop any misconception that you can't or you're behind the curve so much or you don't understand the terminology, the topic. Um, so drop the misconception that you can't come in at any level you can. Um, and then I think the most important things to do, and it doesn't matter what area you're looking at, is to start to measure and start to understand really where you are I think some of our members have been surprised, actually, that they are doing things really well. It's just they didn't know they were. They didn't know it was part of sustainability and they didn't know how to measure it. So mm-hmm. actually a lot of it's been very encouraging. And then the bits that they need help and guidance on, we can also start to set measurements and KPIs. So when you when you set the intention, you start to measure, you set future ambitions as to where, you're, where you want to be, personally or as a business, then you've got something to work towards. And if you haven't reached it, you can identify why, but you know, at least you're going towards the goal. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the step after that would be to really share with everybody what uh, what you've achieved. And, yes. how. and congratulate everybody who took part um, and mention the collaborations that you made along the way too. Um, and it, that just encourages more people in. I
0: love that, I love that. Um, I think that's a great note to end on, Lucy. Um, Want to thank you so much for your time. For anybody out there who wants to learn a little bit more about the Sustainable Spa Association, they can of course visit you on sustainablespars.org. That's right, isn't it? That's right. Yes, Absolutely.
1: Sure. Thank you
0: so much, Dave. Oh, uh, it's been it's been wonderful. Really enjoyed it, and um, look forward to seeing you again soon.
1: Thank you. Have a great
0: day. So there you have it. Huge thanks again to Lucy for sharing your insights with us today. And if you'd like to find out more about the Sustainable Spa Association and how you can get involved, then please do visit sustainablespars.org. And if you'd like to learn more about how you can get involved in climate-friendly travel and indeed become an ambassador by signing up to join the Sunex programme, then please visit climatefriendly.travel or email us at info at Dot .com but that's our show for this week thanks so much for your company and remember when it comes to climate friendly travel every small step forward is a giant stride when we all step together